Welcome to the Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast where we discuss all things compounding and all things concerning independent pharmacy. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Delisio, North American Sales Director, and Sebastian Dennison, Clinical Compounding Pharmacist. Welcome, Compounding World, and welcome to the latest episode of the Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast. My name is Mike Delisio, and I am your host of this podcast, and I am joined, as always, with Sebastian Dennison. Hi, Seb. How's it going? Oh, man, we're back. This is awesome. We have two amazing guests. This is going to be a show and a half today. I think saying that we're back is is quite appropriate. We had a bit of a gap, which is a bit abnormal for us, and a lot of it was tied into all the craziness about our virtual international seminar, and, and it, it pulled a lot of us in a million directions, and as a result, you know, we took a, a, a brief hiatus of doing the podcast for two weeks, uh, but we, we are back today with, with two guests that are not unfamiliar to our audience due to the fact that they both have appeared on podcasts in the past. And today we are joined by Mark Gonzalez, who is a part of our clinical services team. And um, Mark's been with the company for quite some time and obviously a, an ex-owner of a, of a member store as well. So it's quite appropriate given the tagline and the subject matter that we're going to be discussing today. So welcome, Mark, back to the podcast. All right. Good to be with you guys. Looking forward to it. Yeah. The, the first time around, you had a chance to share a lot about, you know, being passionate about what you do um, as an independent community pharmacist. And I think today will be probably an extension of that conversation and, you know, and how to be successful as well. And I think that's where our next guest kind of comes in. And this is going to be a blending of two different worlds. And that's having Sarah DiCarlo back on the podcast. So welcome back, Sarah. Thanks. I'm super excited for another episode and really happy to be joining Mark. Yeah. And I think this is going to be really cool for our audience because, you know, over time, you know, thinking back about prior episodes, as I mentioned, Mark um, had the chance to share his passions as a pharmacist and, and how that led him to being very successful as a store owner. And then we think about all the great ideas that you've had a chance to bring to our audience, Sarah, um, you know, given your marketing background and, and having deeper discussions in social media and truly promoting your business, uh, you gave people a lot of information, a lot of amazing pearls that have kind of led to this perfect marriage of two topics that kind of comes together as being something so important and very vital um, in the lives of independent community pharmacists. One of the things that we always bring up is you know those terms specifically you know being a small independent um, the the some of the struggles the adversity that people face when you when you really look at some big box retailers and I think that's also the beauty of who we are as a company the fact that PCCA uh, has a chance to deal specifically with the independent uh, ensuring that they are thriving personalizing medication and, and standing out in a niche where you know is not necessarily marketed uh, as a wide topic most oftenly, but then again has led to the success of a lot of independents. So it's probably the, the perfect way that I can segue into one of the first questions, and that's going to be for Mark, you know, thinking about being an independent and, you know, some of that adversity that I mentioned, how important was it to, to find a competitive advantage like compounding, but not necessarily that, how did you, how did you position yourself to, to deal with, you know, the Walgreens, Target, CVS, 
Costco's, knowing that those are all pharmacies as a, as a whole, and they were providing prescriptions to patients, you know, how did you position yourself and how did you kind of maintain your focus to be successful? Yeah, well, that's, that's a great question because coming into, uh, into that environment, when we first opened our pharmacy, we were surrounded by, by chain pharmacies. And those chain pharmacies just have such a huge presence in media, you know, and it, whether it's TV or newspapers, whatever it may be. And, and they also have a lot of money behind them as well. So they are able to promote this image. But one thing that I think that they're missing is the fact that because they're a large corporation, many times they can't meet those deep personal needs that patients have. So we really, the way we leveraged the fact that we were a community pharmacy is we found ways to get very involved with our community. It didn't just involve compounding. We wanted to get involved in other ways. And once we started getting involved in our community, we found that it drew people to us as, as a pharmacy resource because they saw that we not only cared about them, but we cared about the community in general. So we tried to do what large stores can't do, and that's just be as personable as possible. Get to know people, get to know the, the individual groups in our area. There were a lot of patient or disease state specific groups that we got involved in in the city of Yorba Linda. Uh, you know, I, the, the town I'm in in Yorba Linda has about 75,000 people, and we are about an hour from Los Angeles. And although we're in a large metropolitan area, there's still is a small town feel and we took advantage of that and just tried to get, you know plant roots throughout our entire community and i want those that word roots is very important because i want you to imagine as a community pharmacist if you plant roots and those roots grow into different areas in your community it's going to be hard for anyone to try to take you down because once you're established and rooted in the community they will stand behind you they will come and support you. And we saw that in many different ways that hopefully I can share uh, throughout this, this podcast. The first thing that came to mind was when we had the chance to sit down with uh, Doug Hoey, uh, who is the CEO of the NCPA group, the National Community Pharmacists Association. And, and I think at the time of that conversation, it was solely related to COVID, you know, the importance of community, the importance of what pharmacists are doing to, to leave behind a footprint amongst their patients and, and truly differentiating themselves and separating themselves and how important that was. You know, um, when we think about just the nature of what we wanted to talk about today is, you know, how, do you, how did you set yourself apart by saying, you know what, this is how I'm going to leverage it. This is the footprint that I'm going to leave behind. And, you know, looking back after you sold your store, because at one point you did have an opportunity to sell your store, based on your success, you know, what stood out to you as being some of the, the main factors that, you know, you could point back to and say, you know what, it was because of X, Y, and Z. And, and that was truly the footprint that I left behind. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say that it's, I know we're, this is a pharmacy podcast and a compounding podcast. And really our end goal was to, to bring business to our pharmacy, but a lot of the things that we did were not always pharmacy related. You know, they were community focused. So I'll give you one example, is that we were very involved with the homeless community in our, our local area. So just about 15 minutes from our city, there's another community that has a very large homeless population. And we would get involved with local groups to actually get out there and feed the homeless or provide them with some of the things that they needed. And 
I I'm shocked that even today, three years after we sold the pharmacy, that when I see people on the street, they're like, oh yeah, you're the guy that used to own that pharmacy, the one that was involved with uh, the homeless community and the one that was involved with, uh, you know, I'll, I'll mention missions that we did later on. We used to go to India and to Haiti and to Cuba, and we actually would go down there and teach some local pharmacists and nurses how to compound. And the community learned about that. And the way they learned about that is we actually were able to get a story in the newspaper. And we said, hey, we're trying to raise $40,000. This was back when I was turning 40. My goal was to raise $40,000 to then go to these communities and uh, or these other countries and take much needed supplies. But it wasn't our money that fed that. It was actually our local community. We had people coming by saying, hey, I heard what you're doing in Haiti. I heard of what you're doing in India. We want to get involved with that. Here's $100, here's $1,000, 20, five, whatever it was. And that really became part of what our pharmacy was known for. And what that did is it established our character, it established a character around our store. And people knew our store to be, hopefully, what we were trying to do is show that our store was caring, that we cared not just about what we did and what we sold, but that we cared about the local community. And a lot of people came to us because of that. And that really helped us establish those deep roots uh, within our community. I would say second is, and I mentioned this earlier, is just you know individual groups. We found women's groups that we were able to speak to. And whenever we would speak to these groups, whether it was a women's group or a group on autism or a group on, you know, I remember one time we had a, a talk to people that had in our community that had interstitial cystitis. We never sold anything. We never approached them to sell because I think when you try to sell something right away, it, it turns people off. They feel that you don't care. But if you just go in there and provide information and educate your community, that again is going to build trust. And that's something that the Walgreens, the CVSs, I mean, nothing against them, but that's something that they're not doing that you as a community, phar community pharmacist can do and I think should do to help build that trust and help build the character of your store. So you kind of you mentioned a few things there, and I kind of I kind of want to dig into it, but I want to give an opportunity to Sarah to jump in. Um, I found that your discussion, just even about reaching out to these groups, it, it's changed. It's changed again, and the small business aspect, like we still have to compete in a in on a digital platform and make sure that we're still reaching out to people. And so Sarah's here, and I'm sure she's probably going to jump in and say, like, well, these are the opportunities. Because what's a newspaper? Like, what's like, I, I haven't heard that term in ages. So, Sarah, like, how would you sort of take some of this new, um, new paradigm and then apply some of the old information? What would you do in this scenario? Yeah, so it's fascinating to hear Mike, or sorry, Mark share about his experience promoting his pharmacy before you know it became necessary really to be on social media constantly because a lot of what he's sharing this community building supporting local organizations in your community and in your neighborhood and helping to share their stories and then building a brand around yourself and kind of making like personalizing and humanizing your pharmacy these are all the tips that i give to members for promoting themselves on social media. So I think a lot of what we're discussing here can be almost directly translated into efforts on digital platforms. So whether that's social media or 
um, email marketing, you know, building out your website, all of these tips are great. I love, Mark, how you said, don't just sell, but educate, because this is a bit of a struggle that I think we have when we're starting to, you know, promote our pharmacies or ourselves on social media. You kind of lean right to, well, I want sales, so I'm going to try to sell products or I'm going to try to sell my services. But it really is so important to build that trust, establish yourself as a trusted advisor and a knowledgeable expert in certain fields before you start selling. I think, Seb, kind of to your question, there is a pretty standard, it's been around for a while, but a pretty standard rule of thumb, and that's kind of the 80-20 rule. 80% 80 of the marketing communications that you're sending out, whether it's on a digital platform or a traditional marketing platform, you want those to be educating, personalizing your pharmacy, and then you can focus about 20% of your efforts on more specifically selling. Um, one area that, or one day of the year, I guess, or holiday season that I think it is a little more appropriate to be more straightforward about the fact that you're selling is coming up. I know um, Small Business Saturday is about a week away so I think there is an opportunity there to do a little bit more of that traditional selling on digital platforms. Um, but in general, you really want to be establishing yourself as part of the community and not just somewhere people can go to spend money. I guess what, it, what I was also going to kind of ask you about, Mark, is like that, that impact on your community and you said that three years ago, you sold your store. And so it's resonated and it's still continuing to resonate. Um, and then taking an opportunity to broadcast it. It's almost like as a small business, you have to think um, and, and take a model after what those big stores are doing. And it's it's funny, we're small business, but I think we can certainly learn. And But you said it, like I, I can think about the true community pharmacy that's like, uh, Fars Pharmacy, it's just been around forever and a day. And do you remember when they did this? And do you remember when they did that? And, and I like it, but I also want to make sure that people understand that it's time to broadcast that story to a larger market. Because I think about the donut guys here who the, the making fresh donuts every day and the, the son showed that the dad was sad that no one was coming for donuts. And then all of a sudden it went viral. And next thing you know, the guy's selling out of donuts every day. So mm -hmm. I think your stories can resonate really, uh, really important importantly in today's world even to a bigger audience to bring more of a community feel to such a small business like it's it's so wildly fascinating to me and it's so easy today i mean i i think in, in speaking with other pharmacists I'm, I'm still surprised at how many people just hold on to and never really broadcast some of the stories that they have uh you know we as pharmacists have the opportunity to have these people that are in need come in and trust us with their help trust us with their their lives and their well-being and most of these people are pretty open to sharing how you've been able to help them and it's not that you're trying to do that to get a pat on the back but you're doing that so that you can then help other people if, if one person shares their story that story is bound to hit somebody else that is suffering with the same condition or the same ailment and things can go viral very quickly and people can really grow to know your pharmacy for being uh, personable. One of the stories that we did share once is we had a patient that had actinic chelitis and actinic chelitis was a condition that I had never worked with in the past. 
And they came in, they had two dentists and two dermatologists tell them that there was nothing they could do. This lady, 23 years old, came in. She, her lips were just completely scabbed over from this autoimmune condition. And she said, is there anything you can help me with? And we had a local pharmacy student take about 10 minutes to research uh, a compound for her. And we said, here, here's what we can do. And I'll never forget seeing that patient six weeks later at a, at a local Starbucks. And she came up to me and she said, hey, I just want to let you know, this orange juice that I'm holding in my hand right now, this is the first orange juice I've had in years. And what really touched me, what made us ask her to share her story is that she said, I've had this condition that has affected my lips and they've they're scabbed over and they're painful. I've been married a year and a half and last week was the first time I ever had a chance to kiss my husband. And you just, you just think about that. You think about just, you know, in, in the most intimate of relationships between a husband and a wife that because of a compound, because of time that a, that a pharmacy student spent researching, this lady was now able to just share something that a lot of people just take for granted. And she went on and she actually shared that story on social media. And I can't tell you how many people responded to that and how many people then felt comfortable enough to come and share some of their other you know, difficult issues with us. So those stories need to be shared, not just because they build your business, but because they're gonna help other people. And again, it's all about establishing trust. People wanna know that you're trustworthy. People wanna know that you care, but they're not gonna know if we keep those stories held in, they have to be broadcast. And it's so easy to do now, and it's so easy to do it in a respectful and proper way that can that can help a lot of people. Well, how, how do you cue up Sarah any easier than that? <clears throat> broadcasting that message, broadcasting, you know, not necessarily a testimonial, but a real world example that can resonate with others. Sarah, you, we talked about the importance of having, you know, a Facebook page. You, we talked about the importance of you know, potentially Instagram and having your patients follow you along and, and seeing what your own journey is as a pharmacy. How do you how do you best gather these types of stories and broadcast that message to steal the term from Mark? How do you effectively broadcast it in such a way that becomes or that it resonates with your patient base, but that also hopefully captures new people along the way? Yeah, so I would say what Mark did or it seems like what his patient took it upon themselves to do, sharing the story themselves. Um, that is ideally the way that you want your patients to share their stories because then it's coming from them. You don't have to worry about getting releases to share the information. You don't have to worry about kind of balancing HIPAA compliance or anything like that because it's coming directly from them. And then it also, getting stories shared that way through the patient's voice and through their social media channels, it helps you leverage their following as well. So you're not just talking to people who are already following your pharmacy, but you're really getting that story shared with people who might not already be familiar with you through your patient's network. So I think that that is really great. It is a little difficult to share patient success stories on social media when you're trying to balance, again, HIPAA compliance and regulatory issues. But I know the PCCA science team is amazing at helping put together case studies that share these success stories. And those published case studies are another way that you can kind of share these stories and share before and after photos 
directly from your pharmacy. And then I think that Mark shared something really interesting too. I think it was talking about it in relation to patient stories, but more so on the side of, you know, being involved in your community and supporting nonprofits and supporting other organizations. You really want to share those stories too. And I, I think I kind of preach this from all the networking sessions I'm in with PCCA members and all of the um, presentations that I give at events on social media marketing and a pretty common response that I hear from members is, you know, you guys are really humble. You're very involved in your community, but some people feel like they might be bragging if they share some of these stories or they might just be um, losing that sense of humility. And I just encourage everyone, if you're involved in your community, whether it's donating to a nonprofit, participating in mission trips, any of the, the examples that Mark shared, to share that with your patients on social media. It's not just a great way to, again, humanize your pharmacy and establish yourselves as part of the community, but it also helps draw more attention to these organizations that you're passionate about. So I think that it has, um, it's kind of like a win-win for everyone involved. And Sarah, oh, sorry, Mark, I, I apologize. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, just before we, we kind of move to hopefully a, an additional commentary or anything else, Sarah, the, uh, on that note, you know, we, we talked about so many different social media platforms, but we never really, like we don't necessarily touch on Google Maps and, you know, Google reviews and, you know, encouraging a lot of patients to share these stories on Google. We know that, you know, approximately 84% of individuals will search keyword terms like pharmacy, grocery store, bakery, dry cleaners, et cetera. Um, so when people are looking for a local pharmacy and they potentially find an independent, for them, sometimes it'll even be outside of the realm of knowing that there's an independent close by. And then they're gonna obviously look at the reviews that are left behind by other patients. So how would you encourage someone to leave a comment, leave a positive review, maybe even a success story like that so that it could potentially lead to, to a new patient base? Yeah, so I, I would say that just constantly reminding your patients that you're looking for reviews on whichever platforms you're using. So whether it's Google, Mike, like you said, a lot of people search for things services like pharmacy on Google. And I think that about half of all Google searches are for something local, which is just amazing to me if I think about all the things that I Google just personally, um, to know that half of those searches are for a local business or a local service is really amazing. But there are, if you think about all the different touch points that you have with your existing patients from conversations on the phone or when they come to pick up scripts from little flyers that you can slip into their prescription bags, um, emails that you might send to them. There are a lot of different opportunities for you to let your patients know that you're looking for reviews on Google or on Facebook and just ask them to do it. And I would say there's generally two groups of people that are willing to leave a review. It's gonna be people who are really unhappy and they're probably gonna do that on their own. And then people who are really happy with your service and they likely don't think about it unless you ask them to. So I would say just asking is the first step and it's the most, most effective way to get those reviews. 
And I think that that's part and parcel of being in a small business setting is you've got the personal sort of relationship to be like, oh, hey, Mark, listen, I know we were chatting. Is there any chance that you could just uh, just throw, give me a shout out somewhere? Um, you know, you don't have to encourage your influencers to do it, so to speak, but I guess you could, you can always ask. So it's, it's a, it's kind of an easier one. Um, Mark, I know you had a comment. Did you want to jump in and add your thought before we, we move on? Yeah. And, and I, I think Sarah brought up an ex excellent point when she was talking about humility. And I know people many times, as you mentioned, Sarah, are afraid to post anything about what they're doing because of, they don't want to come across as, as being prideful. Uh, but what, what I have found to be effective is to actually, if you get the community in, involved in what you're doing, then it becomes what we're doing. It becomes what the community is doing. And then you're not really taking the credit for it. You're the one heading it up, but they're the ones that are inputting. They're the ones that are providing the funding, the supplies. Uh, we re recently did, uh, we went on, a, went on a missions trip to Cuba in, in February, and we were able to take to a few kids that are out there, some baseball supplies. And when the local community found out, I mean, we had baseball bats and baseball showing up and I was just surprised at how much the community did. And then you could come back and you can report to them what they've done. And that's a, that's a moment where you, you're not gonna come across as proud because you're just showing them how they have, they have helped. Uh, to mention, to kind of tag onto what you just said, Sebastian, I think in, and to also what Sarah said is in getting the story out, also remember that you can, you can do things in an interview style. I mean, I've seen this local facilities or local practitioners that have interviewed patients and in those interviewed had them share their own story so that that way you're not, uh, you're in compliance with HEPA because they're the ones that are sharing. And it becomes very personal. When you can interview them, when you have the pharmacist that help them and the patient uh, it's, it's a very personal, intimate setting where these, these patients will really open up uh, about their situation and they're happy to share. So I think the interview lets them see who you are and lets them see what the patient, how the patient has benefited. And, and one last thing, just to, to tag on to what I said before, is that I think many times as pharmacists, we want to let people know what we do and what we do is great. What we do as compounders is excellent, but people they have a lot of choices when it comes to compounding, right? They can go anywhere. And a lot of these compounders do some of the same things, but people aren't attracted to us for what we do. They're attracted to our store for who we are and what we represent. And if you can represent someone who cares, if your store and your staff, if you guys can unify behind getting behind some of the, the social events in your community, that's what's going to make them support you. It's not what you do, it's who you are. And then they will appreciate what you do because of who you are. So I, I, I'm kind of thinking about this. I've, I've been really fortunate that I've been able to go to the West Coast and I feel the same way, like you go to any of these larger cities and you see this movement of, and even in small towns is once you believe in what that store is doing, you're more likely to stay with them uh, in all cases, mainly because you believe in, in them. So for example, if you have and I'm, I'm going to throw a couple of uh, names out, so hopefully I won't get into too much trouble. Um, you have your local coffee shop and you've got, so you've got Bud's Coffees and you're just like, oh yeah, what does Bud's do? Yeah, they serve coffee. And then you've got Mark's Coffee. 
And Mark's coffee, he's a fair trade coffee provider. And it's the same thing. It's what you what you believe in and how you present it. And Mark, you were probably one of the biggest and uh, best when, when you talked about your your work, like going in going into certain to India and your mission trips and raising funds and helping out and teaching other compounders. And that broadcast made people believe not just in you, but also in, in your efforts. And then when they were able to become part of it, they become, they become part of your community and that community, that roots, but also that, that execution, it, it, it builds and it builds much more um, trust and much more uh, balancing out, I guess, because am I really going to go to CVS? Those guys aren't going to buy anyone a baseball bat. But if I show up at Mark's, Mark's going to take this baseball bat and someone's going to get going to get to play baseball. Like it, it really does build that huge community trust. And so broadcasting it is like saying, I do fair trade coffee. I do fair trade pharmacy. Like, I don't know if that's really a term, but oh my God, wouldn't that be awesome if it was? Like I support the community and it's, you see it so often. And, and it's, I think it, even today, it's even more important, especially with the changes, what we're seeing at the even at the chain level, like, oh my God, the competition there is just, it's just, the throat's just been ripped out. So I think as a small business owner, you have to be hyper aware of what's happening out there. Mark, you're just nodding. I, I'm waiting for no, you. Excellent. No, no, I, I, no I'm, I'm just agreeing with you. I, I think that's totally true. And again, it's who you are that, you know, I, I always think of relationships. And, and when I would go out and market to people, I always try to think about, okay, what is it that attracted me to my wife and you know of course outside of just the fact that I think she's beautiful and she's a great person and it doesn't matter what she does I'm behind her I'm behind her because of the type of character she is and, and that's what I wanted to to do in our pharmacies to develop a character so that when people were thinking about our pharmacy they weren't thinking about our prices they weren't thinking of the fact that we were probably the most expensive in the area still fairly priced but more than the other compounders they were thinking of the fact that when they would come there, they knew they were supporting a pharmacy that supported their community and supported their needs and their desires. So uh, I, I totally agree with you. It's getting that message out and, and doing it together as a community. That's one of the greatest things, you know, I, I was just speaking with a, a chain pharmacist who was one of my students yesterday, and he was talking about just all the layers of corporate that he has to go through to get anything done within his chain pharmacy. And we don't have to worry about that in an independent pharmacy. We can cut, we can get behind a mission. We can get behind our community in ways that they can't. So you're able to do things that they can't do, but if you don't do them, it's not going to help you. So get out there, plant those roots, and you're going to find that when tough times come, which they did for us, when the, when the financial crisis of 2008 hit, uh, we were out there and we were, I mean, we had patients that were coming in that sometimes we had to give them their medication for free and we didn't publish that or promote that. But they knew we were there for them, and, and we knew that they were there for us. And it's just building that bond with your community, doing what the large chains cannot do. So we've got to be talking about all of the community aspects and getting those roots out there. And then I kind of want to, again, bring it back to Sarah, because we're, we're tying together small business and then platforms. But I know you wrote a really good blog about kind of claiming your space in that digital space. And I think that this is really important because as a small business owner, we have to start somewhere. And that's kind of the point is to kind of tie it back together. So Sarah, did you have some thoughts? Yeah, so I think 
you know, I've spoken on a couple of different podcast episodes about social media. So I'll refer you guys back to those for social media specifically, but we've talked a little bit about Google and I think there's a lot of opportunity for small businesses to have a presence there. It's free and it's actually pretty easy to set up a Google My Business profile. And what that does is it just kind of optimizes your pharmacy's placement and search results. Um, I, like Sebastian said, I wrote a blog post on this and I included a link to instructions there. So if you go to the PCCA blog, the post went up on October 14th. But what I would recommend, especially for those of you out there who might be owners of a pharmacy and not overly familiar with digital marketing platforms or with Google, is just to ask around your pharmacy staff. There's likely at least one person on your staff who has not just a familiarity with digital marketing, but an interest in it and might honestly benefit um, personally from having the opportunity to help you with your digital presence. But yeah, claiming and creating your Google My Business listing is free. Again, the about half of Google searches that are lo for local businesses and local services, they, they will help boost your um, rankings in those searches. And it's just a great way to help people find you. Um, that being said, I know the holiday seasons are coming up and I just wanna promote again, the importance of making sure that your listing is updated. So for those of you who maybe someone set up a Google My Business platform for you a while back, um, or you haven't touched your listing in a while, if your hours are adjusting or you're gonna be closed for any of the upcoming holidays, just make sure you're popping over there to check that out. And at the same time, make sure you're taking a look to see if you have any reviews. So Mike, I know you asked about getting reviews on Google. It's not just important to ask for them, but it's, an, it's important to keep an eye on them. You know, make sure you're not missing any that might be um, a little negative and need a reply from you, or that might be extremely positive and you'd like to thank whoever left that review. So it's good just periodically to keep an eye on your listing once you've set it up. It's, it's such valuable information because I think everybody gets so fixated on what's going on on their Facebook page, what's going on in, within their social media and monitoring and what's going to be the next post, but not realizing that a majority of your outreach sometimes is unintentional. Um, as a business, especially in the world that we are in today with reviews and everything else, uh, I'm more than confident that if you go back and searched at a lot of our PCCA members, a lot of the community pharmacies that we deal with, especially during the pandemic, they probably received a lot of praise for being on the front lines and for helping out their communities and for doing so many different things to assist the patient population that is local that we know would probably resonate with so many people. So I think it's also blended into Seb's commentary about using the analogy of a coffee shop, et cetera, and, and, and setting yourselves apart. Um, it's just something that I think becomes so important that we don't necessarily focus on. We've never really given strict recommendations, you know, on how to maintain Yelp or Google, et cetera, but to keep an eye on it. And, you know, it's even interesting to us is sometimes imagery, um, you know, acknowledging either a negative review or something that might not have been favorable, um, updating a, a most recent picture 
um, of your store as well. And most importantly, if you do have a beautiful lab, show it off. Uh, we've, always, we've always talked about that as well in terms of positioning of the, the physical compounding location. If it is visible to you know, the, the walk-in public, making sure that they're aware as to what you do as a pharmacist, once they see that lab, opens up a whole other world of possibilities. And I think not necessarily showing it to everybody um, locally, and if you can't, especially with limited walk-in traffic, try to do it online the best way possible. Because I think it's, it's something that becomes so important. And then obviously, once again, set yourself apart. You've invested so much money in equipment and the ability to maintain a beautiful facility. How do you show it off? And, and, and also show off what you're capable of doing. So I think it's, it's such great advice and something that doesn't necessarily become of the most utmost importance at all times. Sarah, is there anything else that you, know, you would probably wanna leave knowing that we're, we're in, a, in a presence right now where I'm assuming e-commerce is about to blow up. We're in the month of November, you know, heading into uh, Black Friday and then holiday shopping, et cetera. You didn't mention uh, Small Business Saturday. You know, is there any other things that can be leveraged going into the holiday season to hopefully drive more traffic to your pharmacy when it when it pertains to overall retail shopping as well? Yeah, so for those of you who are listening and you're not familiar with Small Business Saturday, this is actually the 10th anniversary of it. So it was founded 10 years ago and it really started off as um, a day. It, it was started by American Express. So it started off as a day for shoppers to kind of forget Black Friday, forget shopping at Amazon and the big box retailers and focus on the small businesses in their community. And the day itself is the day after Black Friday. So it's, like I said, it's coming up in about a week, um, but it has really expanded to be all year round, a focus that American Express has um, the shop small movement and there's hashtags associated with it for those of you who do have an active presence on social media. So there's a lot of ways to join this momentum and really um, participate as a community pharmacy. And I think a lot of patients and even a lot of pharmacy owners kind of don't really see the independent pharmacy as fitting into this small business movement. A lot of it's focused on retail. So especially for those of us who don't have a strong focus on the retail side of the pharmacy or don't have a retail side of the pharmacy, it can kind of get lost. But there's a huge opportunity for you to jump in on this momentum, use the Shop Small and Small Business Saturday hashtags on social media, and really let shoppers know, you know that, again, you are a part of the community they can, you know, have a good conscious shopping at your pharmacy versus going to one of the big chains. And um, for those of you who do have a retail side of your pharmacy, you can really jump in on that too. I know we had a marketing and sales virtual conference earlier this year and Michelle Moser, who's a PCCA member up in Washington, she shared how she leverages Facebook Live to give virtual tours of the retail side of her pharmacy and show people what gifts she has on promotion or just available. And I think, um, like I said, this is 
probably the one time a year where you can really focus on selling and not have to, you know, tell as many stories or do as, as much relationship building because people are really just in a purchasing mindset. So taking part in these events, especially Small Business Saturday, is a great opportunity for local pharmacies. What a great takeaway, especially the, the time that we're in right now. And I know it's been a difficult year for most and, you know, trying to find a different way to position yourself becomes paramount, especially in 2020 and as we wrap up the year. You know, Mark, you know, taking all these things that we discussed as well, the, the perfect blend of having your advice as well as Sarah's advice on this podcast was truly what we wanted to encapsulate, no pun intended, but to kind of put everything together and, and hopefully deliver a message of, you know, everything is possible and it, it just, it takes a willingness, it takes a passion and it takes, it takes sometimes thinking outside the box. You, you mentioned the importance of community. Um, is there anything else that you would probably want to leave our listeners with? Because I know you give advice on a daily basis on the true nature of your job being one of our clinical services team members, but you know, what really do you want to stand out within this podcast as a message to a lot of folks that, you know, are looking at ways of differentiating themselves? Sure. I, I would say that the, the one thing I want to leave everyone with, uh, especially after what Sarah just said, is to, to take action right away. Uh, when I talk to people about social media, uh, finding a presence there, you know, the first thing I usually hear is, okay, I'm, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that later. And the thing is, is when you get to it later, you know, Think of all the business that you missed. Think of all the relationships that you could have had, all the people you could have helped. And you have people on your team. Guaranteed, there are people within your team that are strong in some of those areas. If you're not strong in that area, that's okay. You don't have to be. You have people most likely within your staff or in your community that are more than happy to help you and, and love you know, establishing that kind of presence for you on social media. So do it now because every day that you are not out there where people are searching, they're gonna be finding somebody else and, uh, and they need to find you because you're the one that's, that's local. You know, I, I see pharmacies, I'm in California and I see pharmacies that all over our state that just ship all over California and they're, they'll ship into an area that is surrounded by compounders, but no one in that in that community has has done any marketing or has a social media presence so they miss out on business that's actually you know 300 miles away so you there's no reason for a pharmacy 300 miles away to be servicing a patient that you have next door because they couldn't find you so make sure to to see this as an urgent matter and make your presence known right away and you will not regret it that's a great way to to cap things off and sarah on your behalf you know, is there anything that, you know, you want to chime into that point and something that is truly part of what you hope that everything is being accomplished as well? Yeah, I will just, um, on Mark's behalf, plug his latest blog post for him. So it went up uh, last week on November 11th, and it is a really great blog post for those of you who are looking forward to 2021 um, five tips to finish the year strong. And I'm looking at it right now. And tip number four is to invest in your digital presence. So I would say to Mark's point, you know, take action now, really start a plan with um, actionable steps and maybe some deadlines or goals 
for throughout 2021, specifically for your digital marketing presence, whether you want to really focus on Google or you really want to expand social media, you can tell your story on all these different platforms. So I would say to make a plan, you know, pick one or two areas of focus. Don't try to do it all. Try to get a really good handle on a small aspect of it. And hopefully you see some growth and some engagement from your patients and from future patients. Such great advice. And we, we wouldn't have had it without both of you on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming back and for doing this together. Cause I, like I said, from the beginning, it was a great compliment to one another. And uh, I hope that it definitely resonates well with our, with our listening audience. Thank Thanks you for having us. And, uh, and it's just a pleasure to be on here with Sarah. She's just such a wealth of knowledge and I love all the, the great advice that she gives. So thank you. Right back at you. I was, again, always listen to your podcast, Mark. So it was really great to be on here and share the spotlight a little bit. Well, thanks to the both of you. And thanks again to our listeners out there for listening to this episode of The Mortar and Pestle. Um, for those of you that do not follow us online, uh, as a recommendation, we also have our own social media presence, whether it's on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, for those of you that do not subscribe, it was always a reminder on any podcast platform that you have found us, click the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, my name is Mike Delisio. We'll talk to you soon.